Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome to the show. So go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know who you are and a little bit about what you do. Hi, my name is Natasha and I am an educator and Really, I am an educator who is passionate about breaking poverty cycles for families and for generations to come. So I'm happy to be here with your audience. I'm excited to have this conversation because we've been chatting back and forth here and there, you know, in the DMs. And what has come up is like this conversation around the different seasons that we're in. And I know that recently you have finished paying off, you know, um, your debt. So that in and of itself is like a closing of one season and um, kind of walking into a new one. And so tell me more about like, where are you in the season right now that you, that you know so far, like, where are you at? Yeah, just sent, it's really interesting. Um, I've been reflecting a lot. So about four years, exactly. So right before election, <laughs> four years ago, I I felt like God was preparing me to go through a season where he literally told me he was going to remove the good things so that I could have the great. And I had no idea what that meant. No idea. And I got excited because I'm thinking, okay, at that time, what I was doing was so good. I had so many things going on. I had purchased a home about a year earlier. I was in a courtship that was like right close to, to leading to engagement. I was leading a mental health initiative all throughout the District of Columbia, Maryland, Louisiana. I was making a lot of money. <laughs> I had rental income. I was a national director of a pageant. So I oversaw the entire national pageant. I was mentoring dozens of Black women. I was on TV sets. You know, I was doing interviews, speaking engagements. I mean, really just sent like I was rolling, like I was really on it. And so when I heard God say, I'm going to remove the good so you can have the great, I'm like, well, this is already so good. Like, what could be better than this? So I got excited. Um, but what ended up happening is <laughs> probably from like December, exactly from December until like April, May. So December 2016 until May 2017, like God literally cleared my plate. So I went from being booked and busy to just being busy <laughs> and like not in a good way. Um, my job totally changed. My career totally changed. The company I was working for actually went through a financial crisis and I ended up working like a hundred hour weeks and I wasn't getting paid. I would go, we, we wow. didn't know when our next paycheck would go. Um, the renter I had literally just up and left and gave me no notice. My relationship ended. I stopped being the national director of that pageant. All the speaking engagement stops. I mean, when I say that my life like halted, it was such a sharp turn. And when I went through that, um, because God did prepare me, it wasn't so much of a shock. It was just more of a, oh, okay, this clearly is God. Like sometimes we have like really high seasons where we're like, wow, like there's so much favor. There's so many good things happening. I couldn't do this. And then sometimes we have like these 
what could look like very low seasons where you're like, wow, I didn't do anything to make this happen. It's just happening to me. So this is probably God too. And and that's what it was for me. And um, I ended up quitting my job, had nothing lined up. And it was like one of the best times of my life. I, I didn't, I wasn't looking for a job. I wasn't hustling, grinding. I wasn't, you know, beating myself up about trying to start a business. I just, I had a lot of money saved up. So I lived off of that for a few months and I just rested and I sat and I just enjoyed being. And I feel like that season, it lasted a little bit longer than I think was supposed to happen. I got comfortable, (laughs) but now I'm starting to come out of that and um, be incredibly productive, but at the same time, not to the point to where I'm stretched so thin, like maybe I was before. So I'm excited with that and and me paying off this debt has has really like crowned this new season for me. Wow, you know, as you were talking I'm thinking that there could be pros and cons or, you know, your your season shifting and changing can go one of two ways. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And what it sounds like is as challenging or maybe scary for someone that that could be like all of these things kind of coming to an end or coming to a close, because I feel like a lot of people um, have difficulty, me included, with um, uncertainty and things not going as planned, that mm-hmm. because of that, you can get stuck kind of um, using that season where you can be resting and restoring, you know, your energy, restoring your spiritual connections, um, re-energizing yourself for whatever is to come, um, that you could spend that time fighting, fighting yourself, fighting, you know what I mean? Fighting your creator, fighting everyone around you, um, and that it could go one of two ways. So for you, um, what would you say helped you to maximize on the season and maybe not fight uh, what was the reality of of what was going on for you? It's a great question. I really like that you said rest <laughs> and like prepare for what's coming. Um, I think I, I I was very fortunate to have that perspective that this is temporary and that it was a season of preparation. Um, also, I have to say that I don't. I tend to not closely knit my identity with what I do. And that has been very helpful for me. So I can like talk about all the titles I've had. I can talk about the rooms I've been in and all those things that I've done. But I have found that like holding those things too tightly in my hand, it makes it very painful when you have to let it go. Mm. And so for me, I have... I have learned to hold things very loosely, even things that I love and enjoy. And I know God has given me, I hold it loosely, not out of like being cynical. Cause I'm like the, I'm like the epitome of an optimist. I am, I am literally like rose colored glasses, sunshine all day. That's me. Um, but it's more of like an understanding that there are seasons you can't reap and have a harvest all the time. Like the ground, at some point the ground has to rest and the soil has to replenish the nutrients so that you can have an even more 
beautiful crop. So I have I have learned to be flexible and, and to flow through seasons. I've had many career changes. Now, even though <laughs> whenever I share like my career journey, people look at me like you're all over the place, but it's all centered around for me, like one thing. And that's again, breaking that generational poverty cycle. Um, but because of that, I have been able to like let go and not like be impacted about like how I see myself and who I am when things leave my life. Wow. I, I recall you um, asking me the other day, you know, like you're asking me what I do. And for, as you were talking, I'm like, okay, this is making more and more sense because when you asked me that, while I have no shame in the things that I do, I think because of the way that society is set up, that all the hats that I wear, right, and especially maybe as a woman, it's like it's a double-edged sword. So women are expected to do a lot, but then at the same time, you know, doing a lot is like you're doing too much. So it's really interesting that you bring up this detachment from what you do because it doesn't define who you are. And how you get to a place where, you know, you're able to be solid in who you are, which is you knowing who your creator meant for you to be, right? Your creator didn't make you to be a carpenter. Your creator made you and gave you the gift of carpentry, you know? And so I think that when someone can get to a place in their life that they can be still in who they are, then it doesn't matter on the outside what's going on or what comes up because, you know, who you are is consistent, just like the creator. Yes. Yes. I love that. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Like I recently had, um, I have an online business and I had someone who would be considered a celebrity. She has 8 million followers. She promoted our business. She, she held a giveaway which is a really big deal because like we're only like 30 days old. (laughs) Um, And when that happened, I remember sitting and thinking, I feel no different. Like her promoting this business Mm -hmm. is a blessing. I'm so, I was, I'm still so very grateful, but I didn't feel differently about who I am, about who I am not, about my value, about, I didn't feel any different, you know? Um, So I have to say that like having that like healthy detachment has been a great blessing for me. And I believe that it's going to continue to help me as I go through different seasons of life. Yeah. You know, I think especially in this day and age where there's a heavy focus on, hmm, on, status, I guess it's not like status is a new thing or position or fame or some sort of celebrity. You get what I'm saying? I think that because of social media, um, that we begin to create this separation even more between us and someone that we could put on a pedestal. Yes as a something, right? Like an influencer or a business owner or whatever, fill in the blank. That when we do that, we diminish our own potential and our own ability to show up in the world to serve wherever we're supposed to. And 
when you can detach yourself, like you mentioned, right, you can have someone that, yes, they have 8 million followers and what they do and how they serve is phenomenal. But like someone who has 100 followers is just as phenomenal, phenomenal as the person with 8 million. Yes. In different ways, you know, and so how can we shed kind of these worldly um, medals or, you know, badges Mm -hmm. that keep us from just authentically being ourselves? Because like you said, I love that you mentioned the garden. I did a whole live on Instagram where I was talking about how we live in a garden in some ways, you know, and every, you know, every dandelion and every weed and every flower are all a part of the ecosystem. But like you mentioned, in certain seasons, there has to be a clearing in order for the soil to stay nutritious enough for the plants to thrive. And so I love that you mentioned that because I think more and more about how healing only happens collectively. Progress only happens collectively. You know what I mean? Um, And if we can get to a place where now it's not me versus you because you have X amount of followers and I'm trying to beat you and there's competition and whatever the case may be, and it's more collaborative that we can all kind of elevate and succeed together in whatever that looks like. Succeeding looks like being a dog mom or a human mom or, you know, being a CEO or being, um, you know, being whatever, you know what I mean? Like everyone can be successful in what they're doing if they allow themselves to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one thing that helped me to learn what you just shared about that collective space, um, in that high paying career that I had, it was really interesting. So like one day I might be sitting in the room with the mayor and like sitting with multimillionaires. And then like the next day I would be working in a homeless shelter. Like my, my role was very fluid. So I spent a lot of time in the community um, and in communities that were highly marginalized, where there were a lot of experiences with homelessness and crime. And so I had the experience of going between both, like sitting with the multimillionaires and the high power people. And at the same time, and maybe in the same day, like sitting and having conversations with people who do not have an address, who, you know, sleep outside. And I have, I have enjoyed both equally. Sometimes I have to say I enjoy sitting with individuals who are living in, um, you know, really hard circumstances because I, I've, I've been able to learn so much about those different seasons of life and humility and joy from people who maybe had a lot and then lost it and are still learning to thrive and have hope and show up for themselves and even rest. Um, and that has really, that's really helped me. I, I live in the DC area. DC is, is very, of course, you know, there's a lot of political power, of course, here. Um, DC is one of those places where when you meet someone, the first question they probably will ask you is, what do you do? They may not, they may not even tell you their, their name. I have had, <laughs> I've had men come up to me like, Hey, I can have you on a yacht tomorrow. And they didn't even tell me their name. I'm like, who are, like, what is your name? <laughs> Like, and and that's how it is here. So I feel so fortunate to be able to have the experience of sitting with people who are in different seasons of life and being able to learn and grow from both. That collective element is so important. 
Wow. You know, I one, that's creepy for somebody to say I can have you on a yacht because that sounds a little bit <laughs> sounds a little bit scary. Okay. But, <laughs> but you know, again, kind of like it's just really interesting, like human behavior and how we we begin to see ourselves through different lenses. And what it sounds like is for you more and more that God has helped you to see yourself from a very clear, like basic lens, Mm -hmm. which is the best way to be, you know, when you can get in that place and learn how to thrive there, because then it makes life easy. You know exactly how to move and, and grow in the situation that you're in, as opposed to having questions and being confused. When we have all these layers of things and titles, right? Because we have so many titles, any human being has that they're, uh, you know, they're a child to their parents, right? They're a child to their creator. They're also a coworker. They're also a friend. They also may be in a relationship and they also may have a side hustle. And when we start, if we attach ourselves too heavily to the titles, then that can get really confusing in how we're supposed to move in certain situations. But if we keep things simple, mm-hmm. then it just makes life, sm- it just makes things really easy. Like I, and when I show up as my authentic self, the, the person that, you know, God created me to be, it looks like this. And then you can be consistent in that. Yeah. And, and if I can just say like one thing to that point, um, really an encouragement to women. So right now, um, actually this week I, I put in my resignation and my current employer, um, but the company I work for is 100% all women. And it's been really interesting to see how much anxiety I, I have observed and my colleagues have even admitted to experiencing from feeling like they have to wear all of these hats and be very high performing all the time. Um, and it's, it's really, cause I'm not like that. <laughs> I don't, I don't really feel that way. Like to, to, to your point. And I have watched it for the time I've been there and I've watched like how hard sometimes women especially have and just saying no, mm. no, like today, I'm not going to do that. Today, I'm going to rest. Today, I'm going to do this and no more. And the world will not burn down. The world will not stop spinning. Like work will go on. The projects will either hold or they will finish up at a later date. It's been really interesting. And and I was watching um, a, a YouTube video this week where they kind of like inserted this idea that maybe the striving that we're talking about, like mm. this overperformance could actually be a sign of, not always, but a possible sign of someone um, needing some, some emotional or mental health support. It could be a sign of someone feeling like they have to perform their way to love, perform their way into acceptance. It could be, you know, someone experiencing anxiety and maybe they don't realize it. Um, And it's really interesting because I've seen in careers where we reward that behavior. We, We actually reward people who answer their emails at midnight or on a Sunday at dinner with their family. We actually say that is a great employee when really our culture, like hopefully we'll get to this place where we're actually like, wait, I noticed you were answering your email at midnight. Is everything okay? How are you feeling? 
I noticed that you are working long hours. Why is that? Like, I, I hope to one day, um, especially for women, see us move into a place to where we don't see it as a badge of honor to to overwork ourselves and to perform um, for people's approval or for a title or anything of that nature. You're hitting on some really good points because, you know, as a therapist, this is literally what I see like mm-hmm. on a regular basis. And when you mention, right, that it could be an indicator when we're keeping ourselves super busy or, you know, um, when our sense of ourself or our worth or our satisfaction is somehow tied to like approval in some ways um, that, yes, it does it in some way, shape or form does have connectivity to one's mental health. Now, the severity of that looks different for each person, but it's definitely an indicator that something is going on. And when we can pay attention to that and figure out how to rework our life so that that doesn't continue. I mean, I guess a person can decide, right? Like, this is what's going on. What do you want to do with it? Are you okay with it being the way that it is? Or do you want to change it? And what are the options within that, right? Because I ain't trying to make nobody's decisions. (laughs) Okay. But but it's really, really, like, I love that you mentioned that because I used to work at a nonprofit years ago. And I, while I was in grad school, um, was talking about self-care, which I, you know, is a buzzword. We hear about it quite a bit, Um, but it's not just like treat yourself. It's like sustainability. Self-care leads to the sustainability of you being able to show up. And in nonprofit world, you know what I mean? Um, There is like this glorification of self-sacrificing kind of culture and, you know, the teams are lean, right? We might have a small team, you might have 10 hats and it's like, okay, well, if you're working all night, if you're working on weekends, like, oh, that means that you are better or you really care about the work that you do because you're sacrificing, you know, your time and your energy and yourself. And what I've really appreciated is having bosses and environments that honor boundaries because that's what it comes down to at the end of the day is boundaries and how we uphold those and how we create them and how we reevaluate them in different seasons because not every season requires the same boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. And and going back to like being a woman and I don't have a, a daughter or any children yet, but I, I always I always think about that. Like how as a woman, how do I want to model boundaries mm. for my future children? I used to be a teacher and I taught pre-K children in Richmond, Virginia. And I love the experience because you really do get to um, kind of just express like your beliefs and culture to like young people. And one thing I modeled for them was how to express your feelings without using your your hands, your feet, <laughs> without screaming, um, and how to express your boundaries. And I just wonder, like, what would it be like if, if we, as as women of our age, um, if we just take a little bit more time to like learn how to express our boundaries and just to just so we can model it for other people, whether it's our our mothers who may need to still grow in that, or our our nieces, our future daughters. I really believe that um, that's one thing that in this season of my life, I'm, I'm going to be more intentional about learning and growing and modeling. 
Yeah. You know, and I think what I'm learning more and more is that as like as a parent, it's so necessary to do the modeling piece, not to just say, you know, like say, here's what you should do, because the saying goes more is caught than taught. But I think it's difficult because it then requires someone to have to face themselves and face their own stuff to be able to do the modeling. Yeah. And one thing I've learned about working with young children, they are such a mirror (laughs) and you will learn things about yourself that you probably would not have learned in any other situation, circumstance, or relationship. And so it's really a gift where you get to look in the eyes of someone who loves you so much. And I've never, again, I've never been a parent, but being a teacher, like those children love me so much. And it was so mind blowing to have these little people look at me and I have bad days and I have an attitude and, you know, I don't yell. I'm not a yeller. I just, when I'm upset, I just get very quiet. (laughs) I get very quiet and I don't say anything. And I have like a look on my face where, you know, I'm upset. And they would read that and they would look at me and they would say, Miss Stovall, I love you. And when you experience that with children, it's just, it changes your worldview and it, and it does give you the opportunity, the invitation to look at your character, to look at your lifestyle and to really ask yourself, like, is this what I want to give to the young people around me? Even if you don't have children, again, I don't have kids yet, um, but I still find myself looking at who I am and asking, like, do I really want to reflect this into these young minds around me? And it's so, oh, it's so humbling. <laughs> Yes, that humility, boy, it will. Mm, 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 mm. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> That's all I can say about that. But, you know, I, it's just it's just so interesting, the whole process. And so I guess maybe, you know, as we're wrapping up, what would you say is like the best way for someone to who's transitioning in seasons to maximize uh, in that season, regardless of which direction they're going? Mm-hmm. Like what would suggest? Yeah. As I am moving into this new season, um, I'm going to share what I plan to do. So I plan to stay very rooted in the people who are around me, who love me, who support me, um, the people who I love and support. I, I, I'm very intentional in this season in holding myself accountable and asking for accountability and practicing radical ownership. So if I have an experience that I don't like, um, I'm really practicing, like looking at myself, my decisions and asking like, what could I have done differently? What part of this can I own and learn from? And above all else, um, I really believe in, in doing everything in love. I believe that love is the most excellent way. And so as as I am moving through this season and others move through their seasons, um, I would say extend that love to yourself and to other people. Because remember, like when you go through new seasons, it's not, you're not the only one going through that. Like going back to that collective piece, the people around you are going through it with you and they're adjusting just as you are adjusting. And so while we need to give love to ourselves and grace to ourselves, like also give that to other people who might be watching you change um, and maybe change radically. And maybe you are 
extended in a way where you can't hang out as much or maybe you know you're just being very reflective and quiet um just to just to give that that love to other people as they adjust to to your seasons and and always to know um whose you are and know that you are forever loved forever accepted you don't have to worry about rejection because you are eternally accepted in God. Um, yeah, that, that is what I'm leaning on as I transition into this debt-free life. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this debt-free, abundant life with no liabilities and all assets. <laughs> and I just move closer to every promise and purpose that, that God has for me. That's a whole word right there. I appreciate you so much for sharing, Natasha, and coming on the show and just, you know, shining your light. I think that the more that we can talk about these really important topics, that the better off we'll all be. And a lot of the times I think, you know, people get um, scared or uh, or shy or unsure of how they'll be received um, in just having deeper conversations than than the norm. And I think that it's it's really necessary, especially as women, to support each other in having deeper conversations around our struggles and our wins and, you know, our seasons evolving. So again, I appreciate you only gratitude and love and peace and joy that I'm sending your way. Um, is there a place that you want people to come and support you, engage, send love and light to you through the internet space? Yeah, the internet streets. Um, it's part of my my season of being quiet is that I'm just starting to use my social media more. <laughs> so you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is my first name, Natasha, and my last name, Stovall. Wonderful. So we'll make sure that the whole tribe comes over there and loves on you. Um, and, you know, again, just nothing but love and appreciation. And I, I appreciate you just so much. Thank you. I appreciate you, Justin. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share a few of my, my gems. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.